You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share heartfelt and inspirational messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself to God's unlimited blessing. Our favorite prayer here at the Feast. Together now in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Today I receive all of God's love for me. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today I open myself to God's words so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today I proclaim that I'm God's beloved. I am God's servant. Say it. I am God's powerful champion in the midst of the pandemic. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Father, have your way in us today. Father, we pray that you just come, that you stay, that your presence will just overshadow everything that concerns us. Have your way in us today, O Lord God, and change us by your most powerful word. This is our prayer in Jesus' name, amen and amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Again, welcome to all of you here in Feast Makati, Makati's Feast at Home under the Feast Makati District. Going back to Matthew, the writer, the writer of the gospel of the of the um, book of Matthew uh, is is really about espousing changes. So it's you know. During the Old Testament, they had a different set of laws, and they have a different and they had a different understanding of things about who God is and what He can do and what His nature is. But but come New Testament, there there are changes, and I I love how how the writers um, use poetry, use style, use a different style to drive home a point. But again, we have to understand it according to the context. One of the messages of the gospel according to Matthew, is that during the Old Testament, they believed in Moses. Moses was a central figure. Moses was a central character in, in the Old Testament. But come the New Testament, when the gospel was written, Jesus was already there. And the message is Jesus is the new Moses. Jesus is the new Moses. Um, as, as important as Moses was in the Old Testament, we have, we have Jesus now that, that, that just redefines everything. Um, the Old Testament uses a different set of lens, okay? But the New Testament uses, uh, tries to appreciate things and the things about the kingdom of God using the lens of Jesus, what it was like in, in, in Jesus' eyes, okay? So again, the gospel according to Matthew, uh, we'd like to divide it according to how we're preaching it. We divided it into five. When we started uh, studying the gospel according to Matthew from Matthew chapter 4 to 7, we talked about the Sermon on the Mount. Beautiful, beautiful Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are you, blessed are those. Okay. Now, the next few chapters, Matthew chapter 8 up to 10, we talked about the Sermon on the Mount in action. Okay. The first one was a presentation of the wonderful things of what the kingdom of God is. But the second part is a practical application 
in stories that Jesus actually that happened actually during the time of Jesus. And this is an, a, a practical application of this, the Sermon on the Mount. The third part, okay, which we just finished, in Matthew chapter 11 to 13, this was a response, the different responses to Jesus. We, we said that some people reacted negatively to Jesus. They outrightly um, distanced themselves. Some people acted neutrally, if there's a word, neutrally. And wherein they were neither hot nor cold about Jesus. Deadma. Okay. Uh, I, I learned a, a term. So, deadma de la lang. Deadma lang, okay, Lord. But there are people who are also acted, responded positively by, by accepting and embracing who Jesus is and for being fo becoming followers of Jesus. And the fourth part, which is where we are now. Um, Matthew 14 to 20, we will be talking about the expectations for God's kingdom. The different expectations for God's kingdom. And then finally, from Matthew 21 to 25, we will talk about the clash of kingdoms. Okay? But for today, for this series, we will talk about side A and side B. And our one big message, okay? Our one big message for today is simple. Come and eat. Come and eat. This is an invitation. Okay, this is an invitation of Jesus inviting us to come and eat. And let this be an invitation to all of you who are watching and you feel that you need to eat. You feel the hunger for God. That in times of desperation, in troubled times, in times like these, we need to partake of a feast that's presented and that was prepared by God himself. So our one big message is come and eat. We will be reading from scripture and we will be taking it up um, sets of verses by sets of verses. All right. We're going to start with Matthew chapter 14, verse 3 to 12. For Herod had arrested and imprisoned John as a favor to his wife Herodias, the former wife of Herod's brother, Philip. John had been telling Herod, it is against God's law for you to marry her. John, the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, the one who came before Jesus, has been telling him it is against God's law for you to marry her. Herod wanted to kill John. Arr. But he was afraid of a riot because all the people believed John was a prophet. But, as a birthday but at a birthday party for Herod, Herodias' daughter performed a dance that greatly pleased him. So he promised with a vow to give her anything she wanted. At her mother's urging, the girl said, I want the head of John the Baptist on a tray. Then the king regretted what he had said, but because of the vow he had made in front of his guests, he issued the necessary orders. So John was beheaded in prison, and his head was brought on a tray and given to the girl. Well, this is really bad. Who took it to her mother. Later, John's disciples came for his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus, what had happened. 
how could you be so bad? Do, you re do we really have people who are so calloused, insensitive, people who have no conscience? Imagine at a whim, they would behead someone. And, and they, they, you know, I, I, can, I, can, I can just imagine the people in this party, Herod's birthday party. They say birds of the same feather flock together. And I, can, I, I, I cannot imagine and I cannot wrap my mind around it that there are people with such conscience and there are su su such bad people. But here's a warning, brothers and sisters. When these people did not start out bad because every wrongdoing starts out with good intention. But because they were continuing to do bad things, they become insensitive. They become sensitized. Okay? And here's a warning. Evil numbs your conscience. First time you do something wrong, you'll be terribly terribly bothered by it but and when you continue to do it eventually it will be something that's normal to you so evil numbs conscience that's why you have people as bad as these guys okay so let's go back to the story so john was beheaded and news got to jesus as soon as jesus heard the news he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone i can understand hearing about the death of your first cousin, you know, it's, 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 it's not because of COVID, but it was because he was beheaded. And the manner of death, it really is disturbing. So Jesus decided to be alone. So he went, he left on a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. You know, when during Jesus's time, uh, he was very famous that there was there were no text messages yet, but but they heard about Jesus going to a particular place because they saw him on a boat, and then the news reported like CNN. Um, here we are, and uh, we just saw Jesus board a boat. Um, he uh, he's said to be uh, on his way to whatever place, and the people heard it, and then they went there. Okay, um, Jesus saw the huge crowd. As he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Look, Jesus wanted to be alone. Okay. Jesus wanted to be alone, and he wanted to go to an out of the way place, but people were there. People followed him. People actually welcomed him. Jesus, Jesus, come, 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 come. And, and, and Jesus saw their need. Jesus saw their hunger. Jesus felt their pain, and he was filled with compassion. Other translation says he, he just did not have compassion. He was filled with compassion. Compassion meaning two words, okay? Um, let's, let's divide that. Com and passion. Com meaning, com plus passion, okay? Com meaning with, and passion meaning to suffer, okay? So Jesus was with the people in their suffering, okay? That's, that's what compassion means. Jesus was already in pain because of the, the, of the death of his cousin. He was in grief, but he felt the pain of others more. He was already in pain, but he felt the pain 
of others more. And that's what Jesus is. That's his nature. He's a compassionate guy. And what did he do? Instead of sulking in one corner, he felt the pain. He felt the need. So he started to heal them. He started to heal them. Jesus was a wounded healer at that time. So, so many times God is calling us to be compassionate. Yes, we are suffering from the COVID-19. We are suffering from whatever is happening around us. But we have to understand that there are more people who, who is in a worse situation than us. What are we going to do about it? Will we suffer with them? Will we suffer with them to the point of trying to find out and to look for ways how to ease their suffering a bit? Because they're suffering more than we are. Let's continue. That evening, the disciples came to him. That's the first story, okay, about Herod. Now, this is the second story. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. So Jesus went to that place and then they all gathered there and it was almost nighttime. It was getting dark and the disciples said, hey, this is a remote place. It's already getting late, Jesus. Let's continue. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and, burp and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, this isn't necessary. You feed them. <laughs> I, I, I wonder how the disciples felt. They were concerned about the people that they would get hungry. And they were saying, Jesus, uh, send them away so they can buy food. And uh, maybe they were also saying, come on, Jesus, we're all tired. Send them away so we can also rest and we can all eat. We're hungry. <clears throat> and uh, they said, send them away. But Jesus said, no, no, no. That's, necess not, that's not necessary. <laughs> you feed them. <laughs> this reminds me of what happens in boardrooms when I have uh, corporate meetings. Usually, um, as, per, as per tradition, our tradition, the one who suggests something ends up doing it. <laughs> If you suggest it, do it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I guess that was Jesus' frame of mind. No, it's not necessary. You saw their hunger. Now, question is, what are you going to do about it? Jesus was asking this, and Jesus is asking this to you right now. Do you see the suffering around you? Do you feel the pain of the people around you? Question is, what are you going to do about it? Do you see the godlessness of this world? What are you going to do about it? Will you stay in your homes just enjoying the materials that you get, the content, the gospel content that you watch? Then that's it. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Are you sharing it? Are you sharing it? Are you telling people about it? Are you a herald of good news? Do you shout it from your rooftops that, yes, God is still good? Let's continue. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. <laughs> Buffet. <laughs> Buffet. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Maybe, maybe that's around 12,000, my estimate. Usually, they're, they're, they said 
there were 5,000 men and then maybe another 5,000 women and then maybe 2,000 kids. Uh, so there were 12,000. So it was, it, was, it was a gathering, you know. I don't know if they got permit to gather during that time, but it was, it was that. And uh, Jesus asked them, what do you have? Asked them, what do you have? And uh, they gathered everything that they had and then they gave it to Jesus, and Jesus prayed, and then they gave it to them. Now, this leads me to four questions that I want to ask you. And in answering all these questions, um, I hope and pray that you will get the point of this talk. All right? So J Matthew just showed us two kings. King Herod, again, pitted against or compared to Jesus. Two stories. Magkasunod. Herod and Jesus. King Herod and King Jesus. Question number one, who is your king? In your life right now, who is your king? And you can say, but, but, but Herod's not. Herod's dead. But Herod represented greed. Herod represent Herod or Herod, or Herod, the king, <laughs> um, represented greed, sin, wrongdoing, bad things. Jesus, on the other hand, represented all that was true, pure. Who is your king? Herod um, just ordered the killing of John the Baptist out of a whim. Jesus felt the compassion of people. Jesus felt the compassion. And this will also define the life of Jesus. This also is part. What I love about Matthew is that it's the Gospels, the book, the Bible, that it's connected to one another. If they mention something, it is referenced from an Old Testament quote. And it is also a prelude to what's going to happen in the future. Now, the multiplication story, the offering of the bread and the fish, Jesus taking it and praying to God, it's, it's actually a, 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 a support to, to what he would do in the Last Supper. The multiplication story is actually Eucharistic. King Herod ordering the killing. King Jesus, who was filled with compassion and gave of himself. Soon we will find out that Jesus gave his body to become bread and his blood to become wine. Question number two, which party will you join? Which party will you join? Will you join a beheading party? <laughs> or will you join a party that Jesus hosted since he took care of the food? You know, this leads me to think, maybe Jesus was the first caterer. <laughs> or, or the party that Jesus hosted for the poor, the marginalized, the widows, the orphans. Which party will you join? Will you opt to be with the powerful? Or will you opt to be those who need to be supported, who need to hear about the word? Again, my question to you is, what are you doing about it? Which party will you join? Question number three. Will you sacrifice everything like the disciples? Okay. In verse 17, it says, 
but we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. This is all the food that we can gather. In another gospel, it talks about a boy offering his food. Okay, but the, po the real point is that this is what they gathered, and this is just everything that they got, but they gave it to Jesus. In, in fact, Jesus said, bring them to me. Now, I'm going to remind you, brothers and sisters, that whatever you're holding right now, if you bring it to Jesus and Jesus blesses it, it will fill your needs and the need of, uh, need of other people around you. So will you sacrifice everything, even if it's all you're holding on to? And this also reminds me about people's reaction when we ask them to give. When we give an exhortation to give, the, the first reaction is, Lord, this is all that I've got. This is all that I've got. Will I give it or will I keep it to myself? Are you willing to sacrifice everything for the sake of the gospel? Are you willing to sacrifice everything? Because God said so. Bring them to me. And that's the secret when you offer your love gifts. When you make an offering, you don't just give it because you just feel that you have an obligation to give it. No, that's not the way. We teach people to take what you have and offer it to God in your mind. Lord, this is, you know, Lord, I, own, I have 100 pesos. This is all I've got right now. You know my current state. But yet, I am willing to sacrifice. I'll give it to you. And God is asking you the question, Robert, Gina, Mary, Juan, what do you have in your hands? What is it that you have in your hands? If you're willing to lose it, meaning to sacrifice it to me, I'm willing to use it. I'm willing to bless you. Will you sacrifice everything? Number four, we'll continue, huh? I, I hope you're still with me, okay? Uh, can you type in the chat box so I'll know, continue. <laughs> Say continue, continue. So to, 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 if, if you want me to continue, if not, I'll stop now. <laughs> continue, all right. Okay, okay, let me check, huh? Um, are you really saying continue? Can I see? I just need to, uh, there you go. Okay. So, okay. Now I'm convinced. <laughs> okay. Question number four. After answering the question, are you willing to sacrifice everything? Of course, God will bless that. And then God will give you. And here's the thing. When you think that this is God's gift for you, the real Intention of God is not for you to keep it and to keep it to yourself. You've got to share it. That's why question number four is, will you give what is given to you? Will you give what is given to you? Look, Jesus got the bread and the fish, prayed for it, and then he gave it to the disciples. You know, I, I, I was thinking if I were one of the disciples and I got the first supply of food, you know, um, uh, I'd be tempted to take it first. Lord, kain muna ako. Hirap naman. I cannot give what I don't have. So I need strength. So kakain muna ako. Um, does that remind you of what's happening now with the vaccines? <laughs> People uh, who are not supposed to be getting them yet, um, 
are, are getting it already because they got and, and it's scarce, okay? But, but that's not how God operates, okay? In Matthew verse 19, it says, He gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. Don't you ever think that sometimes when God blesses you, he just wants to use you as his distribution channel? Jesus wants to use you as his distribution method. And that's how it is. That's how Christians work. That's how followers of Jesus do things. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by the way we love. When God gives you something, ask yourself, does God want to use me as his distribution channel? And you know what? When you allow yourself to be used as a distribution channel, you won't think about, you won't worry about your supply. Because when God uses you as a conduit, God will make sure that the blessings overflow so that you can also, you can still, and you can also have your fill. Amen? Now, I have a question. Are you hungry? Are you hungry too? If we go back to the story, if you go back to the account, it says that when everyone had their fill, everyone had their fill of food. When they gathered the rest of the food, they gathered 12 baskets full. I think it's no coincidence that God made it 12 baskets full. Why not just one? After all, they all had their fill. Everyone was, was fed up. <laughs> Everyone was full. And, you know, when you've had as much as you want, Ted, um, you, you will not eat anymore because you're so full. So whatever, whatever left over will not matter to you anymore because you're so full. But God made sure that it would be 12 baskets full. Why? Because God just wants to show us that his blessings are abundant. And when God blesses you, he will not just give you one basket full extra, but he will give you 12. He will give you 12. And the message is, there is more where it came from. There is more for everyone. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have life to the full. I came that you may live life abundantly. Friends, are you hungry? Know that there is a supply. Know that there is a God who supplies us with food. And I think that's our message for today. And that's the invitation. Come and eat. Come to the table. Come and eat. And one last thing. In the Old Testament, when you are invited to eat, when you are invited to dine with anyone, and anyone invites you to dine with them, that means that you've just graduated from one level and you've been promoted to, the, to a higher level. You don't ask strangers to come and eat. Usually, in their era, in their time, in their culture, those who sit at the table 
are the closest, our family, are the bestest friends. And, and, and Jesus is issuing that invitation to you right now. Come and eat. Scripture tells us that he, Jesus said, I no longer call you slaves, but I call you friends. Friend, are you hungry? Jesus' invitation is for you to come and eat. But you need to come. And you need to say yes to an invitation. I don't know if you can relate with me. Us Filipinos, when we're asked to eat, diba? when you go to a house and then they're eating, it's a custom for us Filipinos because of our hospitality to ask them to eat. Come, come. Oh no, kain tayo. What do you say? Sige, sige, thanks. Busog ako. But you're really hungry. Oh, inum ka, inum ka. Thanks, thanks. Busog ako. Friends, today, I will lead you to prayer. If you allow me, I will lead you to prayer and we will say yes to that invitation. You know what I've learned is that when you're really hungry and someone invites you, especially if it's already there, they prepared for you already, thank you, busog ako. You know, for a change, it would be good to say, okay, thank you very much. And then have your fill. Jesus is inviting you, come and eat. Will you say yes to him? Let us pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we say yes to your invitation. Together with all our brothers and sisters who are watching this live and those who will be watching us after, we say yes to your invitation to come and eat, to come to the table, to come and enjoy the feast that you have prepared for us to say yes to your invitation and to respond to your call that the feast is ready to begin. Father, we come and we expect to be filled. We come and we desire to be filled, O Lord God, to be filled with only the good things, hope, faith, gratitude, kindness, health, good health. Father, we say yes to your invitation to come and eat, and we say yes to you, Jesus, and invite you to come into our lives right now. We're sorry for the times that we disregarded you, that we ignored you totally. We're sorry for the times that we did not live according to how you wanted us to live. We ask for forgiveness. And we acknowledge your sacrifice on the cross. A week from now, a few days from now, we will commemorate your death on the cross and your resurrection. Father, we thank you for this ultimate sacrifice. And we now invite you, Jesus, into our lives. Be our Lord and our Savior. Sit at the center of our table. Sit at the center of our lives. And be our Lord and Savior from here on. We say yes to your invitation to come and eat. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, visit lightfam.com and click on Feast Teachings.